Hey everybody, welcome to the Todd Kaufman Show. A very good Wednesday afternoon to you from North Texas. A very, very warm, very, very muggy, very, very humid <laughs> North Texas. Uh, boy, summer is here. 97 degrees. I was around uh, driving around in my truck earlier today getting getting a haircut, getting touched up a little bit, uh, getting ready for the 4th of July weekend. And uh, looked at my temperature gauge on the outside, 97 degrees. But I think when you get out of the truck and into the the outside of it and that summer heat hits you, it's like there's just no way it is 97 degrees. But, you know, with that humidity, it's probably 100 plus. And I never understood the weather guys when they say, what the what is it, the heat index? I don't know that there really should be a heat index. If it's 104, just say it's 104. I mean, it feels like 104, but it's only 97. Like, we're supposed to feel good about that. Again, a very good Wednesday afternoon to you for June 30th, 20 and 21. Man, it is good to be back doing a podcast with you. I've done some encouraging uh, messages. I hope that you're listening to those. A couple things I wanted to cover on today's show. Uh and I'm not going to do the breaks like I normally do. I'm going to go straight through. Hopefully, uh, you'll hang with me. Uh, I am going to change subjects, but I'll let you know when they do happen. Uh, change gears on you a little bit. Uh, but hopefully, you'll be able to to stay with me, enjoy the show as you always do, and continue to come back. You can go to the YouTube channel. You can find it under my name, uh, Todd Kaufman, K-A-U-F-M-A-N-N. Leave your comments down below. Share, like, subscribe. You don't know what to do. Share that page, like that page, subscribe that page, will you? Uh, so this past weekend, uh, my daughter's back in basketball. And she missed the first two games because we were out of town. Uh, we left for vacation the Friday before, and then uh, we came home uh, the following weekend. So she missed the first two games. So it was her first uh, game of the summer season. And it was at a different facility, so it was at one of the local schools uh, in Frisco, local, uh, I guess, middle schools probably. And you walk into the gym, and it, it is just packed with people. And it, that's, it was very, very different from what we were used to in the, uh, uh, the spring season. It was at a, uh, another facility, not a, a school uh, per se, you know, like a middle school or, or elementary school, something like that. It was uh, just a local, I, I don't even know what to, to call it, not a... A private school had a tennis court in the back and then a, a, a full-size basketball court inside. Uh, so you had one game going on at a time. Well, you walk into this gym and there's two games going on in, in one court. Next door, there's another two. But the kind of strange thing to me is on the one side of the court, they have you practice and then all of a sudden they come in and say, hey, we're going to move you over to this court for the game. And I'm like, why? You have a court right here. What's the big deal? The problem with that is when they move you into this next court, there's there's a, a a whole gymnasium full of parents. There's two games going on, and these kids, especially my daughter's getting overwhelmed with the noise. She's kind of looking around like, you know, what in the world is going on? So before I get to the game itself, the, the practice session, this is where I knew things just were, were going to go right off the rails. The team that she's playing against has 10 kids on it and three coaches. I've never seen this before. Her team has one coach and seven players, I think, seven or eight. And the team she's playing against is high energy. They're doing all these drills. They're doing, you know, one side's doing layup lines while the other's working on bounce passes. And my daughter's team on the other side, the coach is kind of standing around. He's talking to them. They're not really doing much. 
the drills they do run. They're not very high energy. He's not very, he's not coaching them up. And I could see just from that angle. And, and please understand, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not one of those parents. I'm just telling you what I'm seeing right off the bat. And as I'm watching this go down, I'm realizing what's about to transpire when the game starts. And I think as parents, you know, when you walk into a gymnasium or you walk onto a baseball field and you see the other team and they're high energy and, you know, not necessarily they're bigger kids because they weren't, but they're just, they, they, they take infield the way they do. Um, you know, like I said, the, the high energy, the batting practice is crisp. The infield is crisp, the, the fly balls. And you just look at that other team and go, "Uh Oh, I know what's coming. And so my daughter gets into the game and her team is just getting run. I mean, just getting waxed. The, the other team is running and gunning. They're running up and down the floor. Her team, only two kids are shooting the ball, so they're missing, you know, whether they shoot and they miss or they shoot and they just miss the rim entirely. Then the other team runs back down. Most of the time they're getting baskets. Well, at six years old, my daughter, I, I can tell in her mannerisms and, and her body language, she's starting to get upset. Her hands are up, you know, above, you know, kind of above her head, and I could tell that she's upset, and I could tell that she's starting to cry, and she's starting to get really frustrated. And sure enough, she comes off the floor, and I could tell now the tears are really coming. And so I get her attention. Um, I bring her over, take her outside, and, and she's full on in tears. And I ask my daughter, I said, you know, what's going on? And she tells me the other team is faster and better. And I'm like, yeah, you know, but, and she wanted, and here's the, the parenting crossroads that I was at. And I hope that your parents can understand where I was at in this particular moment in time, because it was, it was that crossroads where if I made a certain decision, it would affect my daughter down the road. And if I made a different decision, it would affect her even differently in the opposite direction. So here's what was going on. So I pull her outside and she tells me the team is faster and better. You know, her team isn't doing very well. She's not having fun. And she says, Daddy, I want to quit. I want to go home. And it was at that moment, you know, my daughter's six years old. I love my daughter to death. She's becoming, you know, as much as she is her mother's child, uh, she is a very big daddy's girl as well. Uh, loves her mom. You know, she's every time I pick her up from... Um, her school, her first question is mommy home because mom works at home full time. And uh, I say, yeah, baby, she's home. So she is all about her mom. But in these kind of instances in sports and stuff like this, she's very much a daddy's girl. And so the decision in front of me was, do I, I know that I'm not happy with what this team is doing. I know I'm not happy with the coach, but it's not really my, my, it's not for me to say, right? It's not for me to Go, you know what, Hannah? We hate this team, and we're gonna go home. And that's that's just not the way I've I've raised my daughter, or my son for that matter. But he's only three, so we'll get there. So anyway, at that crossroads, I'm thinking I really want to protect my daughter. I want to make her happy. And there's a part of me that, you know, I I I want to make her happy. You know, maybe we should just go home, and let's just, you know, she can wait until next season to play. But then I then I realize if I allow her to quit at that moment in time, I'm telling her that when things get hard, 
and she doesn't like what's going on, she can just say, Daddy, I want to quit. I want to go home. I, and I knew I could not set that precedent in that moment. I knew that I couldn't. So what I did was I said, Hannah, and it took me a while to get her to calm down. It was probably 10, maybe 12 minutes. And I said, Hannah, we just can't quit because things get hard. I said, yes, is this team better than yours? It looks that way. And, I, and I'm sorry that you're frustrated. But you can't quit. We don't we don't quit because things are hard. And that made her even more upset. And she, you know, she didn't want to be there. She wanted to go home. She wanted to go home. She kept asking, Daddy, I just want to go home. And I tried to make the point to her, Hannah, it's not just you that you're quitting on. You're quitting on your team and your team needs you. You can't quit on them. That's not fair to them for you to walk out on them. Yes, you may not be playing well. Yes, you may lose this game, but it's not about winning and losing. It's about being there for your team and doing the best, doing what's best for your team at that moment. You can't quit. So after about 10 minutes, and please understand this isn't about me. I'm not telling you the story about me. It was a parenting crossroads, and, I, and I'm telling you the story to tell you where I was incredibly proud of my daughter. So I get her to calm down after about that 10, 12-minute span, and I said, Hannah, can you just go in, can you go back in there and finish the game, and if you want to work on your game every single day with Daddy, we'll do that. You just have to ask. If you want to go outside our house and play back, because we've got a basketball outside, uh, basketball hoop outside our house. I said, if you want to work on our game every single day with Daddy, all you have to do is ask. But can you go back in there and finish the game? And she nods her head. She goes back in the game. Um, and at that moment in time, I realized there's another parent that has joined the coaching ranks, quote unquote, um, and gives Hannah a high five. Uh, he has Hannah start bringing the ball up the floor, which she loves. She she's a great dribbler. Doesn't we don't have the shooting down quite yet. Um, we're still working on her her dribbling, her passing. We'll get to the the accuracy of the shooting later. Um, and the end of the game comes, and we walk outside the gymnasium, and my daughter says, "Daddy," I said, "Yeah, Hannah." She goes, "Daddy, I got this." And it was that moment, like I'm, I'm fist pumping, like I'm, you know, that's, that's my girl. That's my girl right there. And I was so proud of her to finish, to finish what she started, that even though she wanted to go home, even though she was not having fun, even though she knew the other team was better than, than, than she was, than the, the, their team was, in that moment, I was so proud that she finished and enjoyed the rest of the game and for her to come off the floor and say, Daddy, I got this, was an extremely proud moment for me. I don't know whether you parents have had this moment before where your kids, maybe at this age, maybe at six, seven, maybe it was older than that, where they've had that moment where I'm not having fun, I want to quit. Now, let me, you know, kind of my backstory is that's what happened to me. I, you know, when things were hard for me growing up, I was allowed to, to quit. My mom didn't like it, but it was what it was. You know, I, I I played basketball up until my freshman, sophomore year. I was, you know, playing basketball was my first love. I just, I love playing the game of basketball. And I was playing in camps just about every summer. You know, I was at a UCLA camp at one point. I was at a Fresno State camp. You know, ones that I could go to, I, I just wanted to play the game year round. I, I loved the game of basketball. Baseball was, was a second 
And so for me, I, you know, when I got to my freshman, sophomore year, I, um, and my dog snoring behind me, um, God, he's sitting in my crate just snoring away. And I'm like, God, I hope this isn't coming through on the audio. Um, so anyway, but my freshman, sophomore year comes and the coaching staff changes the guy who was in it was in charge of he was the varsity coach and he was in charge of the coaches below him. He left. I don't know if he got fired or if he quit. I can't remember if he got you know resigned and went somewhere else. I forget what it was. And a new coaching staff comes in and the the freshman coach, JV coach, whatever. I just didn't like him. Um, it wasn't that he wasn't nice to me. It was that the guys who were consistently late to practice were consistently a bad attitude on the team that those were the guys that he was playing because they were at a decent skill level. Not that I wasn't at that point. I was, I was pretty good because I worked on my game all the time. It was almost every night I would be outside playing, but I just, I, I stopped having fun. I stopped enjoying the game. And it was that at that point I decided to quit. If I had continued on, was I going to play division one basketball? No, not by any stretch of the imagination. I probably wasn't even going to play in college. I wasn't that good. Um, but I just lost the love of the game and I, I quit. I, I just decided I didn't want to play anymore. And I regret that decision to this day. So had I made a different decision, had my mom said to me, no, you're not going to quit. You're you know, we don't quit. You're going to finish what you start. I don't care if you, you like the coaches, you're going to continue to work on your game every day. You're going to continue to be a great teammate. I just didn't have the mentality at that point to do that. And I regret that every day. You know, baseball was the this, the same thing. I really wanted to play in high school, and it wasn't that I couldn't play, but I wasn't good enough. I, I just wasn't. I wasn't a good hitter. I was a, I was a catcher, had a, a gun for an arm, was a, a decent, you know, average, decent to average pitcher. I wasn't good or great biting stretch. I had a, a couple of good pitches. Could I have been any good in high school? Yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't know. Um, but I decided that I was not going to play baseball in, in high school. I wanted to focus on basketball. And, uh, you know, you wonder if those decisions had been different in that angle, what would have happened. But I can't sit here and play the the what if game, right? You I mean, how many times in life have we said coulda, woulda, shoulda? You know, what if, you know, I could have stayed on that team. What would have happened and what should have happened to my life? How would have, how would my life be different had I made different decisions in those times? But now that I'm a parent, I can help my kids make those decisions. I'm not saying, you know, granted, yes, I told my daughter we're not going to quit, but she understood. I didn't say, Hannah, you're not going to quit. You're going to go back in there and that's it. That's the end of the story. I said, Hannah, you can't quit. I said, even though this is hard, you can't quit. Your team needs you. So I was giving her reasons as to why she couldn't quit, why it was in her best interest to continue to, to go on. And I think as a parent, that's that's how we help our kids. We give them reasons. Yes, we discipline them. And I, and I talked about this yesterday in Proverbs 22, 6, where it talks about training up a child in the, in the, the room. when they get old, they won't will not depart from it. And it doesn't necessarily mean discipline. It does to a certain context. But it also means we train up our child to be great to to be good at what they do to be great at what they do to be focused academically to to be focused on the goals that they have and and I that's to me 
that's our job now. It's not our job to just say you're not going to quit. It's our job to say you can't quit and here's why. And I and I think for my daughter that really sank in. And when my son starts to play sports and when he starts to understand at her age, if he has those hard moments, then I can tell him, look, dude, you're not going to, you can't quit and here's why. You can't quit on your team. Your team still needs you. If you look at it from that angle, it's not just you're quitting on yourself, you're quitting on your team. It's so much bigger than you. If they understand the game is so much bigger than them, I think it's something different entirely. So I'm curious if you've had those moments as parents where you're at a parenting crossroads with your kid and they want to quit. They're not having fun anymore. How have you dealt with that? How have you dealt with them to say you can't quit or have you allowed them to? Is that a decision that you regret? I'm not saying you're worse than than me. Please understand, I'm not saying that. I'm not condemning you at all. I'm just asking, is there decisions that you've regretted that you've allowed them to walk away from something that they were really good at just because in the moment you just you were upset with what was going on and you didn't see another angle to this or maybe you allowed them to walk away from what they were you know, the team that they were on and maybe they got into a different team in the next season and, and that got better for them. They started to enjoy that. So I understand that that they may lose the love of the game because of the coaches that they have. And it's it's something that's so disappointing today. And, and it's funny because my wife has actually more than my wife, a couple of friends have asked, you know, why don't you coach Hannah's team? And I'm like, it's it's not that I don't want to coach my daughter's team. It's not that I don't want to coach my son's team someday. It's not the kids that I'm that I mind. It's the parents, and that's I, I'm going to switch gears here, and I'm going to talk about the 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 parent side of this, because God, as parents, we can be just some stupid a holes. I mean, now and, and granted, there are are some parents out there, and I hope to God that I'm not one of them, because I was not. You know, they say parents want to relive their glory days or want to, you know live vicariously through their kids. I didn't have glory days when I was when I was playing sports. I just didn't. I didn't win a championship. I didn't, you know, I wasn't that close to a state title and and we lost by by a touchdown or one point or whatever, one run, whatever it is. I never got that close. So to sit here in in and think that I can live vicariously through my kids, I don't want that because that's not fair to them. That's not fair to them. So to me, when when I look at the, the the sport parent in particular, I think we take ourselves way too seriously. There was a great interview, and I don't have it up in front of me. I wish that I did. Jeff Bannister, the former manager of the Texas Rangers, uh, had a, a sit-down, and not an interview sit-down, but literally a guy from one of the sports radio stations here in DFW, their, their two sons were playing baseball at the same time uh, baseball field. There were different fields. You know, there's, you know, six or eight fields, whatever it is, but they were in the same kind of area, general vicinity. And the, the guy from the radio station, you know, buddy of his goes, Hey, that's Jeff Bannister. You, you really should go talk to him about uh, how he feels about being a sport parent. So it, you re- just go talk to him. And the, the radio station guy, in all fairness to him, <coughs> excuse me. Um, in all fairness to, you know, it's when you're watching your child, if you have a guy like Jeff Bannister or really, you know, any celebrity or sports player, you don't want to bother him. They're, they're there to watch their child and, and you don't want to turn this into a, hey, I want to have a conversation with you in a, in a professional stand. So uh, the, the friend of the guy at the radio station said, no, 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 just 
I, I promise you, you, you will not regret this conversation. So the guy walked over, introduced himself. He goes, I'm not here in a, an official capacity. My son's over here, you know, playing baseball. And a buddy of mine says that, you know, you have some interesting take on a sport parent. And Jeff Bannister said something that I have kept with me, and it's why I bring this up now. Jeff Bannister said that as a parent, our voice is the one voice that our kids hear, the one voice that will determine how they play during a game or how they will see themselves in that particular situation. And it's the last voice they need to hear. And it was so profound in what he was saying that I've always kind of kept that with me. And I'm like, dude, that is, that is so good. As a matter of fact, I'm going to look it up right now to see if I can find it. Um, but as I do, I just wonder, um, how you feel about, you know, I, I think, um, as parents, we want the best for our kids. I think that's always our job, right? We want to see our kids succeed. We want to see see our kids win. But I, I think we also have to allow our kids to feel what it what it feels like to lose. I think we need to allow our kids to fail because that's the way they learn. Yeah, they're going to have successes. They're going to have these tremendous, you know, accomplishments that they're going to have. But at some point, you're going to have to let them fail. And here's the quote from from Jeff Bannister. I found the story as, as I'm talking to you. He says, when you are on the field as an athlete, especially as a young athlete, the people you do not want to disappoint the most are your parents. And when a child hears a parent's voice, especially one telling them what they've done incorrectly or need to do more of, it adds to the tension and the anxiety. When you're there and you're cheering and you're clapping and lending support, their feeling is so much greater. They're going to compete harder. They're going to focus. When they hear the clapping, they know they did something good. I love that. And the paragraph before that, it was so well written. The guy who talked to Bannister said, I wouldn't dare sum up what Bannister said because he more or less repeated it this morning on the ticket. If I had to pick out a key phrase, it's this one. If you talk to your child while they're competing, even from a distance, even in a whisper, that's all they can hear. And it's the last thing they need to hear. God, that is, it's so profound. If you look at this from a standpoint of, from a parenting standpoint, you got to understand that this guy is not saying we shouldn't cheer for our kids. That's not what he's saying. If you understand the context of what he's saying, he's saying you can cheer for them. You can clap for them. You can applaud them. But the last thing they need to hear is what they're doing wrong in that moment. The voice that they should be able to hear in that moment is the voice of their coach. That's why he's called the coach. And that's why he's in that capacity. As parents, what they need to hear from us is encouragement. And that's why I go back to that Proverbs 22, 6 and train up a child in the way he should go. And when he gets old, he should not, he will not depart from it. If you spend your time encouraging your kid, whether it's in sports, in academics, in life, whatever it is, if you spend time encouraging them, that is what they are going to take with them. Yes, we are going to have moments where we're going to have to discipline them. Yes, we cannot get away from them. Discipline is something that is our job. There is no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But if we spend more of our time disciplining our kids and telling them what they did wrong instead of what they do right, 
if we spend more time tearing them down than building them up, you're not going to have to wonder why they resent you years down the road. If they're playing a sport, and this is something, trust me when I tell you, when I go to my daughter's game, it doesn't matter what sport it's going to be, basketball, volleyball, whatever, that softball, whatever it is that my daughter decides, that is the passion of her heart. That's what she wants to play. That's what she wants to do. Whatever the desires of her heart is, whatever the desires of my son's heart is, whatever he's passionate about, whether that be athletics, academics, or whatever it is, let's just say, for example, I'm going to use my daughter since she's playing basketball right now. When I walk on the floor with her, there is this voice in the back of my in the back of my head that says, if you're going to give her anything, give her praise. Do not yell at her while she's on the floor telling her she does something wrong. Because at that moment, if you're telling her that she did something wrong, just like that, she shuts off. If I praise her and I clap for her and I tell her way to go, it makes her smile and it makes her play harder. If I tear her down in one single moment, in one single moment, boom, that's it. It's over. And it's in her head the rest of the game. I guarantee if I encourage her in that moment, it's not going to stick with her for more than that moment. Why? Because it's that moment. I am going to cheer every single moment that I have for her because I want to build her up. I want to let her know that she's doing well. The the times that I want to talk to her about what she's not doing well, I want to go home and work with her on. Hannah, you did a great job. You did this well. You did this well. But you know what? These are the things that we may need to work on. It's not that you're doing them bad. It's not that you're doing a poor job, Adam. It's just that we need to work on it. That's the moment where the switch needs to come. During the game, the encouragement needs to flow. That's the voice our kids need to hear. No matter what sport they're playing, stop yelling at the officials. Stop yelling at the coaches. Focus on your kid. There are going to be bad calls. Guys, we got to let our kids fail. We got to let them experience failure. We got to let them experience hardships because they are going to need to figure out how they are going to handle those moments when they happen. If there are moments that you don't like what an official is doing, let the coach handle it. That's not your job. If you're not coaching the team, stay quiet. If you want to talk to your kid after the game and ask them, how did you feel in that moment? What did you think? Allow them to have their own opinion. That's the moment you do it, not during the game. If you go crazy, not only do you do we embarrass our kids on the field, but that sticks with everybody else for games to come. That's not our job. I know our kids are not going to be built up in every moment of their life. I get it. I, I get that. I, I swear to you I do. But I also know that they're going to be torn down enough in school, and I'm not naive. How many of us going through high school, going through elementary school, going through middle school, going through college, dealt with bad people, people that were bullies, people that made us feel less than we are? How many of us dealt with that? How many of us still remember that to this day? How many of us have that scar internally still left over the point that i'm trying to make to you is we know what our kids deal with day in and day out because we've been there 
Yes, it might be a little different from when we were growing up. Yes, my daughter and my son may face things that are different than when I was growing up. There was no social media when I was in high school. There was no cowardly social media bullying where you don't have to put your face to an opinion or a a torment or a comment or whatever the case may be. You can do everything, everything anonymously and the people that do are nothing but cowards. If you can't show your face, you're a coward. Period. But when our kids go through this every single day, when they get upset with something that happens, the last thing they need is for us to continue that when they get home. Yes, there are things we need to adjust in them. There's a difference in between adjustment and encouragement. You can encourage them, tell them what they're doing well. You can talk about their grades. You can talk to them about where they're struggling, but don't get down on them. Find out where you need to make that adjustment or where they need to make that adjustment. It's if you, I think as a parent, if we do this correctly, and please understand, my heart is not to tell you how to be a parent. Trust me, I'm still learning this. I've, my daughter is six, my son is three. I have a lot to learn in their lifetime. I do. So I'm not preaching. I'm just giving you my opinion. The way I feel about my daughter as she goes into first grade this year is I have to let her figure out the hard days and the good days. She is going to have both of them. She is going to struggle in some areas. That's why she's already in a tutoring program. And really, it's more than just her struggles, but I'm not really going to get into that other point. But I need to allow her to figure out how to adjust through those struggles. If she's having a hard time in an area of her academics in school, no matter what it is, I need to figure out, okay, what is the adjustment that we need to make? Yeah, Okay, you're struggling in this. How do we fix that? Okay, you're struggling in that. How do we make the adjustment to have you understand that? Do you need to continue to work with the the tutor? And, and we'll continue to send her as long as she wants to go. And as long as she's got, you know, if you listen to Eric Thomas, he talks about his daughter in school where she had to, you know, his son, it came naturally to his daughter. It did not. I, I can't figure out right now where my six-year-old is at the moment. Does it, is it a listening thing? Is it there's too many kids in the kindergarten class she's in now and she can't focus? Because she's, you know, only worried about what the other girls are doing. So she's not locked in because she locks in at the tutoring thing. At least that's what they tell me. But, you know, find those areas that she's struggling and make an adjustment. When my son starts kindergarten and then in the first grade, try to figure out where, you know, if it's going to come naturally to him. I, I should say, you know, with the Eric Thomas thing, to go back to that real quick. Is is my daughter going to have that dog, as Eric Thomas calls it, that that fight that, um, you know, she's not going to need a carrot to, to do her work. She's not going to need a, a reward to be to get good grades. I just I, I've yet to kind of see where each of them are. You know, three year old is not there yet. My daughter's not there yet. I'm still trying to figure that out. But. Us as parents, if we didn't see a lot of encouragement, and some of you might be tough and saying, "Well, I didn't, you know, I didn't need encouragement." That that's all well and good. I guarantee you probably would have liked. You can sit there and tell me that you didn't need encouragement to do great, and that's that's fine. But I still think it's a parent's job to encourage their kids, because if you do more tearing them down than building them up, then they're already they're always going to be torn down. It's our job to 
raise them to be the best they can be. That shouldn't be up to someone else. And guys, let me tell you, dads, let me tell you, your voice carries more weight than you realize. Taking nothing away from moms, because believe me when I tell you, my wife's voice carries a lot of weight with my daughter. But there is no voice that carries more weight with my with my girl than mine. When I tell her that she's beautiful, when I tell her that she's funny, when I tell her that she did a good job, she lights up. Yes, my wife has a very strong voice with our kids, but my voice carries a lot of weight as well, and maybe more so. And I have to be able to use that correctly. Being a parent is the most rewarding and the most fun that I've ever had. Granted, my wife is my best friend. She came first, and my kids will understand as they grow that my wife will continue to come first. We'll continue to do trips, just the two of us, every year or every two years for years to come because we continue to need to work on each other and spend time alone just with each other. It's not always about the kids. It needs to be us as well because if we don't have a marriage, our home and our our parenting isn't the strongest it could be. Work on one to work on the other. But man, parenting's a blast. Being a sport parent is a blast. This is the most fun time of our of our lives and enjoying every single day when I bring my kids home from school to see the smile as they come out the door to my son saying I had a good day to you know my daughter enjoying her field trips to uh, when we put him to bed at night when we wake him up in the morning and go through the same routine over and over again there is a reward in being a parent but I think you get an even greater reward from seeing those smiles every day to seeing our kids flourish because the words we use and the encouragement we use and the adjustments we use makes them even better. If we teach them how to be great, they will be even greater. And I think that's so incredibly important. If you enjoy the show, if you enjoy the YouTube page or you enjoy this YouTube video, give it a like, <laughs> give it a share, let people know what's up and subscribe to it so you can keep coming back. Appreciate you guys listening. Have a great rest of the day. Have a great week. And as I always say, be kind, be focused, but above all, be great. Be great. Have a great day, everybody, and we'll catch you on the flip side. So long.